This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDB. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. Tulsa police officer Betty Shelby been charged with manslaughter in the first degree. We'll give you the details. More trouble again last night in the streets of America. In Charlotte, trouble. In Tulsa, trouble. And no one's talking about the trouble in the streets of Chicago where black kids die and no one seems to care. We go to NFL legend Burgess Owen, who joins us right now to talk about the race riots across America and what role does the NAACP play in that right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Burgess Owens is a, um, an NFL legend and the author of a book, Liberalism, or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps, and really tells it like it is and is a, um, a good friend of the program. Hello, Burgess. How are you, sir? Glenn, good talking with you again, my friend. Looking forward to uh, our discussion today for sure. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's happening on the streets uh, in North Carolina, what's happening in the streets of of uh, Tulsa. But first, uh, your thoughts on Betty Shelby, the police officer being charged with manslaughter in first degree. You know, I, I haven't had a chance to to uh, to get any real information about what's happening there and what happened in Tulsa. So I'm just going to I'm going to hold off and make, make my decision or my my conclusion on that until I get a little oh, more information. Yeah. Wait a minute, I do have that a, a very strong uh, impression about Charlotte, and I would love to talk to you about that. Well, hang on just a second. I, I've understood from the alt-right that we are now living in a post-fact world, and that's a good thing. I mean, you should be <laughs> able to comment without facts, Burgess. Um, all right, so, so let's, let's talk about, let's talk about um, Charlotte, because um, yesterday afternoon I saw a press conference with the NAACP, um, and the NAACP was there in Charleston, South Carolina, <laughs> Um, kind of trying to whip things up when there was a shooting in the or uh, no no in South Carolina when they were trying to whip up the um, after the shooting in the church. Remember yeah, we went right. uh, and they were doing the Charleston, same thing. Yeah, yeah, in Charleston and now in Charlotte. Yesterday they were doing the same thing in North Carolina. Can you comment a little bit on the NAACP? Yeah, well, the NAACP. Um uh, you have to understand, they're, they're not trying to find justice. They're not trying to find a fairness or even bring our, our, our American people together. Uh, they have one, one issue and one, one, uh, one thing that they're after right now. At the end of the day, they are shameless in breeding back black voters. 
They want to get the black community uh, up in arms, angry, more hopeless than they've already made them, so they can go out and vote in November. At the end of the day, that is their goal. It didn't matter what happened. In this case, here's a black man, a black policeman, who shot a black man with an arm, uh, a, a firearm. You have a black uh, police chief. You have a white Democrat uh, mayor. All that is a perfect scenario for our affirmative action community that we have today. But yet all it takes in our community today, six weeks out, is for some black person to get shot. It doesn't matter why. And you're going to have the NAACP and that group uh, trying to, to get in and, and rev up the, uh, uh, the, the, the urban uh, voters. You've talked about the history of the NAACP that I don't think most people know. You talk about it in your book, and it's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it, it is, it is uh, an interesting process when you understand the stealth that's been going on in our nation for a long, long time. Uh, for those who are just hearing this for the first time, the NAACP back in 1910, when it was formed, was not formed by black people. It was formed by 21 white, socialist, atheist, Marxist, race-controlled Democrats. It was an environment at the time, if you keep in mind, during that time, uh, the race, the black race, was one of the most competitive, industrious, uh, patriotic, Republican uh, communities in our country. And so in order to get into that community to do the things they need to do, to, to, to take us off into the route they have, they need to do, use stealth, and they need to use the, the face of a, another black person, W.E. Du Bois, uh, who is also a socialist and communist. And, and that is actually what is happening even today. It's a playbook they've used for a long time. Uh, today they use the black, uh, black BET to message out anti-police, anti-white messaging. And keep in mind, look at the people that are making the, the biggest noise. I can guarantee that they all have the same source, black entertainment television, which is actually a white, uh, owned by white liberal Democrats, the Firestones and, um, and Viacom, who have been messaging our community for a long, long time to get them where they are today. So let me, um, uh, let me ask you about this. Here we have this police officer in Tulsa um, who is uh, first-degree manslaughter, going to be charged with that. And, and I don't know the situation uh, any more than anybody else does. I, I think every single shooting should be looked into. Yeah. But we, we also know that um, black officers are much more likely to shoot uh, and discharge their firearm than a white officer is. And we also know there has been um, an increase of, what is it, 20% increase of, uh, of violence and killings uh, of, of officers in the last year. And nobody seems to pay attention to that. What you have is a, a, a situation to where the, the officers, black and white, are going to be paralyzed with fear of doing anything or they're going to get in trouble. And here's where I think the, the um, uh, black community loses. If I'm, a, if I'm a cop and I'm called into a predominantly black uh, neighborhood and, you know, there's something, gunfire or something else, I, I think I'm saying I'm not going. I'm yep. not going. Or if I go, I'm staying way away from it because I don't want to be involved. I'm going to lose in this. Well, you know, Glenn, the thing is, when you look at who's getting hurt by this whole process, it is a black community, not, not only in, in, a, in a couple of ways, not only for those, the innocent black, uh, 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 those in the community that really do need to help and support, because not only are uh, the, the uh, criminals, the criminal element being um, empowered and encouraged, uh, but you have, again, in this case, you have, uh, you have policemen who really want to do the right thing, but are afraid of not being backed up, uh, not going in. Uh, it, it is... It is <clears throat> 
it is really a, a shame to see this whole process of division. And, and it comes down to one simple thing. This is why it's so, so devious what's happening right now. Uh, we have a, a president who's been president for eight years. We have, we have the second black attorney general after eight years. And it's interesting that the message that's being given to everybody in America is that the black race is truly inept. The black race cannot on its own stand up and best the black, the, the white race has been at their oppressors for 150 years. And this is why when, the, when you, we, we disconnect ourselves from our past, our history, you have a, a narrative in which now we are sitting back as victims, as supposedly waiting for politicians and, and, and white legislators to give us the right and the power to do what every other culture has done in this country. That is to rise up, become the best they can be, and, uh, and, and develop great, successful um, uh, people to, to, to lead you know, the Burgess, we were we were doing a um, we're talking to Burgess Owens. He's the author of Liberalism. Um, we were talking uh, this week about families and the destruction of families. We did a serial on it, and the black family was in you know by 1960 the strongest family unit in the country. Now it is by far the weakest, and the turning point, strangely, seems to be. Um, the Johnson administration and the Great Society. Do, have you ever done any research? Because we, this piqued my interest. Gee, that seems strange. And wait a minute, Johnson was a huge progressive racist. I wonder who wrote the Great Society uh, bill. I wonder if there were these racist progressives in there that wrote this maybe even intentionally to tear the black family apart, knowing that it would disintegrate. Do you think there's well, anything well, to that? Well, Glenn, I'll tell you, it's interesting, because I've done my history and done some research. Uh, every, at every point along the last 150 years, 100 years, and keep in mind, when I, when I talk about the, the, the 100 years since 1865, the black race was doing so well. In other words, yeah. we, we, again, we had 50% of black Americans that were part of the, uh, the, the, the middle class. We had the highest percentage of entrepreneurs. All those things, we had the strongest commitment to marriage. Every single facet of change happened because of democratic policies, whether it be the Davis A. Bacon Act, which, which took the entrepreneurs out of the, out of the, uh, the, the marketplace, whether it be the high um, uh, unemployment or uh, minimum wage now that keeps young teenagers from actually ever getting experience in, in work. Look at those, those young people who are, who are rioting, looting, and stealing. Think about it. You're looking at young men who are not working, who have no hopes of, of an edu- have not been educated, have no hopes of working. They're all sitting, they're all walking around with their pants down to their knees, and and they're upset because they can't get ahead or they don't have an opportunity. That's all been a, been accomplished through a self change of self perception through the white liberals of BT and the policies of of, of liberals that have, have, have stopped us from, from moving forward like we had in the, in the early sixties. We have um, something going on the Ferguson effect. I mean. If it, do you believe, Burgess, that if the president would have come out and said, hey, we're going to look into Ferguson, and I'm not going to comment on this, but stop the rioting, that's absolutely, you're burning down your own city, stop it. Um, if he came out strong, do you think we would be in the situation we're in right now? Uh, I, I tell you, uh, Glenn, I, I'm, we're going to look back in history, the history, and look at a, a man who had the greatest opportunity in the history of mankind to bring our race together, our country together. Mm-hmm. The reason why white Americans and blacks voted for this man was because of the promise of getting past race. We have never been more divided, more, we're now turning black people into, into racist, uh, unapologetic racist. 
And when you start to do that, first of all, the, the blessings that go with anyone who has that kind of spirit goes away, period, big time. And we cannot have conversations, real reasonable conversations about how to get past this until we get past the, the judgment that we now have of, of, of color. And we've got, we've, got, we've got even worse than that. We're now judging people based on the color of the, of the uniform they're wearing. Now yeah. blue has become a racist uh, so, call. So but that's how far we've gone. But I'm, I'm looking at what's called the Ferguson effect, which um, says now, since Ferguson, murders in the 50 biggest cities in the U.S. have spiked 17% in the black community as a result of cops being unwilling or reluctant to go in and police neighborhoods because of the fear of being labeled a racist. 17% jump in, uh, in murders in those communities that is a liberal. The liberals have been being the champion of those who are crying racism. Well, the, the thing I want to add to that, and you're absolutely right, and, and this is just this common sense. It's in all of us when we have we do our job. We want to come home at the end of the day and be with our family. We don't want to go in any situation we feel uh, we're not going to either be backed up or we come out with uh, an opportunity of coming out alive. At the end of the day. We're dealing with an empathy-free ideology. Liberalism does not care about the end result. It just cares about its feelings and its, and, its, and its goals. At the end of the day, we have more blacks now being hurt in so many different ways. And this has been the history of the Democratic Party. And so I, I, I really do hope, and this is where I think we're having conversations now, that as a, as, a, as a total country, blacks and whites, we really start to look and be helped hold these people accountable who have actually overseen the the black misery that's happened over the last oh, for decades now burgess owens um liberalism how to turn good men into weenies uh, whiners weenies and wimps thanks so much for being on us uh, being on with us burgess appreciate it thank you glenn look for the opportunity to, to talk more as we move this thing forward for sure you bet now your dog doesn't want a christmas sweater this from casper your dog wants a bed from casper Hmm. Uh, it is designed by the same brilliant engineering team behind all the Casper sleep products, and Pat has one, and hmm. um, he is constantly whining about, awesome. oh, my back hurts. Oh, my gosh. Don't Never you even mention it. Don't you hate those people that are always like that? Yes, I do. Yes. yes. Uh, anyway, we anyway all do. So, <laughs> so, Pat, whoa, can't shut him up. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's got a bad back, and the Casper mattress helps him sleep well. I have one; helps me. Best sleep. part of it, especially in Texas, is it doesn't get hot. It, it doesn't get hot. It doesn't and superheat your body, and you wake up in that sweat. It's the worst. Oh, it's, it is I the worst. That. I know. Anyway, they've created a, a, a bed for your dog, and Pat and I were talking about this, and Pat's like, "So does it look like a like a regular? No, it doesn't. It's not like a four poster bed." <laughs> So it's a regular doggy bed. It yeah, looks it really like a regular. Looks, I mean, it looks like a really square. nice. Look, the one that came here was great. Because I thought, it's got a cover. Didn't you say it was a memory foam stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It, it 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 looks like a regular dog bed, but it is it's a it's a, a memory foam. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So it it, I mean, that's, it feels it feels really good. Class. It'd be I mean, nice for your dog, right? If your dog's constantly complaining like you, Pat, about, about the hotness of their get, bed. Yes. yes, you can maybe go and sleep in the dog bed. Here's what. So I went to Casper.com and I looked this up. Now listen to this. Uh, introducing the new doggy mattress. You go and you introduce the new doggy mattress. Explore. I'm going to hit this. This amazing what they've done to, with, for this bed. Um, but, but, but designed for top dogs by top dogs. 110 different prototypes. Jeez. 
see. 460 hours of laboratory testing. <laughs> and I want this job. 11 months of dog sleep studies. Wow. <laughs> now, I want to, I just want to see the video. Of, is this a great country or what? No, it really is. No kidding. A it country really where you can is. do this for your dog. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So anyway, you want your dog to have the pressure relief on their back. Casper. Now, you can get that for your dog or you can get your mattress. Your dog doesn't get fifty percent or fifty dollars off the off the bed, but you do. <laughs> Casper.com, fifty dollars off. You just go to Casper.com, promo code Beck at fifty dollars off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com. Casper.com, terms and conditions do apply. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Regardless, whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. So I saw Lawrence uh, after yesterday's show. He's in the hallways. He's prowling. He's mad at me. Lawrence is mad at me? Lawrence is mad at me. Why is Lawrence mad at me? Lawrence is mad at me because of apparently what I said about Black Lives Matter yesterday or something. What? What did you say about Black Lives Matter? I have no idea what I said about Black Lives Matter. Did you say that they didn't matter? That's bad. If you said said Black Lives don't matter, that's bad. I think what I remember saying about them is that they are communists. The the leadership. The leadership. Wait, he's communist. not a Black Lives Matter fan, is he? No. Uh, I don't know why he was mad. He, he was yapping at me, and I, was just, and I wasn't even really listening. And uh, That could be maybe the reason why he was mad at you. Yeah. It could be. Maybe that was it. Yeah. He wasn't angry with what I said. It was, <laughs> he was angry that I wasn't listening to him at the time. I don't know. Right. Um, but, um, uh, you know, because I, I said, I think I said the truth yesterday. I don't know what else I said, but uh, he said, you know, that Black Lives Matter, they— the the core organizers are against capitalism and they're communists. Well, their list of demands proves yeah, that right, clearly. Right. Now that doesn't make the all of the followers. It makes some of the followers that way, but not all of the followers. And they're the 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 leadership, I think, are using these tragic situations to make things worse. And and to get you mm-hmm. know, to get more followers on. And and there are people who have been rightfully, unjustly um, uh, treated by the police or society or whatever. Both white and black, of course. I yes. Mean, it's rarely Tim Scott. Addressed. You know, Tim Scott. I don't know if you guys, have you seen this? Tim Scott just did an interview where he said he has been stopped by the Capitol Police seven times. And one of them looked at his Senate pin. You know, they all have Senate pins. And they looked at him and said, let me see that pin. Yeah, I recognize the pin, but I don't recognize you. And he said, I've been stopped, and I feel singled out. 
Lawrence was mm. just stopped the and, other and day. Tim Scott, if you don't know who he is, is a senator. very good conservative. Senator. Yeah. senator right. South like Carolina. some guy who's going to be complaining right. about race every Wait, right. second. Lawrence was stopped? Lawrence was stopped. Well, was he speeding? I mean, we all get no, 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 no. I've not been stopped. stopped not, I know. More yeah. than anyone. Pat yeah. is like, only seven times? Right. Wow. He's so lucky. I got to right. get a pin. <laughs> They just they, they just speed by Pat now and just look at him and like it's in the mail. <laughs> it's in the mail. So he was stopped for no so, reason. No, 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 no. Okay, it's when he was stopped. The guy came and came to the window. Lawrence rolled his window down. Apparently, had his hands, you know, the way he was supposed to have his hands. Mm-hmm. And the cop immediately put his hand. We came around the corner and saw him. He put his hand on his gun and he said, "Hey, you're making me nervous." And Lawrence was like, I'm "Doing what?" I. I'm not doing anything. Lawrence is a, a, probably the least threatening person I know. I'm, I'm much more scared of Dana to, than I am. Oh my gosh, Lawrence. I'm petrified of Dana. <laughs> don't screw with Dana. <laughs> he literally had his hands on the wheels. What was I don't it? know. Let, let's ask him. That's the way I understood the story. And he said, the cop put his hand on his gun and said, you're making me nervous. And he was like, you know, he didn't, I don't think he said this, but you know, why? Because I'm black? I, I, that would not be a good answer. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> that would not, that would not no, that would not. Well. That would not have gone well. No, I mean, look. I, I, but again, let me let me give you another fact. I, um, you are, if you were a police officer, you are eighteen point five times more likely to be killed by a black than a cop killing an unarmed black person. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's significant. Mm-hmm. 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by black if you're a police officer than a police officer killing an unarmed black person. Right. I mean, and the uh, the stat is amazing, too, when it comes to black officers. They're 3.3 times as likely to fire at, at, uh, at crimi- crime and whites than white cops are. Um, again, that doesn't, you know. That's what happened in South or in uh, North Carolina. A black this cop. is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. To the uh, program, a lot is happening with uh, Tulsa and in uh, North Carolina because of the shootings that are going on. And and uh, Lawrence Jones, who's with the Blaze, uh, is 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 here to I don't know yell at me about something. He was yelling at me about yesterday. Was not yelling. Oh, he had his finger in my face, and he was like, "I am so disappointed in you." What did I say about Black Lives Matter? That was because you're not a Black Lives Matter guy. I'm not. I'm not. But I understand. The pain of the people that are protesting. Some of the them. leadership. Some of not the, the leadership. leadership. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, because the leadership. You know, do you think I do? No, I know you do, but I'm always that little thing in your ear that's like, mm-hmm. Glenn. Okay, when you say things, you know, with your articles and stuff, I want people to see all aspects of you. So, oh, there's I, you're going to read articles about me right now. No, no, no. Love a- <laughs> no, 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 because you, re- you released that thing with the time the other day, and I had people yeah. messaging me like, oh, what happened? What happened? I'm like, this is the same guy, but he's trying to explain things to you. Yeah. So what, 
and a lot of conservatives, they get this wrong. Okay, I'm against what's happened, the war on cops as well. I'm, I'm against what's all of that. But I do understand what people are identifying with. What they identify is that when they have interaction with the police and you're a person of color, a black male specifically, not so much as the black women, although they can say they, they have some interactions as well, how you feel, how you sweat bullets, how you've been told, like me, when I was in a car accident two months ago, I got hit. And the officer, I'm explaining him the story. He says, step back with his hand on his gun. You're making me nervous. Oh, this, so you were in an accident. I was in an accident. The person hit me. He asked me for my side of the story. What happened? Well, the person hit me in the back. It's pretty much easy to, you know. And so I'm telling him, he's like, hey, step back. You're making me nervous with his hand on his gun. When you're someone like Tim Scott, who agrees with us on pretty much all of the issues, seven times he's been pulled over in the Capitol. One is he driving a Segway in the car? No, Capitol? no. You know, while while he's pull in the Pull a Segway over, Tim. You know, pull it over. You know, and the, and the, one of the Capitol Police told them, hey, look, that Senate pin, I recognize, but your face I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, all of us aren't making it, especially the people that don't want handouts, don't need the government for anything. They just want to be left alone, okay? We're not all making it up. And so, See, let, let's, let's go over this because, look, I, I agree with you, and I can't relate to... You know, uh, yes, I can. Here. I think a lot of white people um, will get into an interaction with a black person that they don't know, and they're wildly uncomfortable mm-hmm. because they'll be like, I'm going to say something, and then I'm going to be, then I'm, then I'm going to get nailed for saying something, I'm going to be called a racist, and I just, and so, and you, even if you have, you have nothing. Yeah, I do that to you all the time. What? No, 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 no. I'm saying. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm, am I the, am I the only one that is willing to say that out loud? No. Yeah. So we both have pressure because a because of extremists on on both sides because people are making us you know the, the ones who are making the news mm-hmm. make all the rest of the people who are left alone mm-hmm. you know worried about everything. Um, so in some degree, mm-hmm. very small, I do understand. Um, we don't talk to each other mm-hmm. anymore. We, we're not supposed to talk to each other anymore because they're your enemy, right. which is total bullcrap. Right. I can't relate to um, being pulled over and being afraid of the cops. I can't relate to that at all. I break out in hives every time I see a police officer. Well, that's because... I've been pulled over 17 times. <laughs> well, that's just... It might have something here. to do with it. That's not... Yeah, that's but, not, but what uh, are you breaking, in, breaking out in hives? Because me and Glenn had this conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, I get nervous, too. I was like, what are you nervous about? I'm going to get a ticket. I'm like, right. I'm nervous because I'm going to lose my life or I'm going to get beaten. And I've Have you been, ever been beaten by a cop? No, I haven't. Um, I why are you nervous about that? And, and you know what? I went why to the nervous? police academy as well, and I majored in criminal justice. I've had a lot of interactions with cops. I don't know which cop I'm going to get that day. I don't know. What's the worst interaction you personally have had with a cop? Not something you've heard, but the worst interaction you personally have had. Um, I guess getting roughed up a little bit, like pushed around or slammed on the top of a car. You know, that's been the worst. I've never been shot. But you know well, what? That's good. You know what? Never My father has felt the cold. The you know, the cold piece of the, you know, the metal, of, uh, the, metal the metal of the gun at the back of his back. You see what I'm saying? And so when you have a community that is trained by their parents to be fearful yes. of the police, the people aren't saying, 
let's get the facts, which I think is wrong. Every case is going to be different because I've had great interactions with cops, but there's been some that are bad. But people, when they see these things on the TV without getting all the facts, they're saying, look, I can identify with that. Can I ask you a, a maybe this is a whitey question? <laughs> I don't know, Lawrence. All your whitey questions are whitey questions, well, just so you know. But maybe that has something to do with it. My parents taught me police officers are good. Yeah, but your parents yeah, but You've been go... trained to believe they're bad. Yeah, but and your parents... So your that parents... changes the interaction. No. Yes. Your right. interaction right. with I, them I agree, as but, well. But your parents didn't go through what my parents went through. No, they didn't. You see but, what I'm saying? But, and so people but, but, people based on I their experience. Actually, I think, Pat, this is the <laughs> way I used to look at it, too, because I didn't understand it because I don't... We used to say on the air all the time, don't train your kids to Right, you know, to be this way, no. and tell I get to, that. Tell them to obey what the cop says, and it's going to go a lot better. Uh, it, but that's yes, except I have lived in the South, um, and and I've heard these stories even in New York. So it's not just a Southern thing. But I have talked to people who are Lawrence's parents' age, my age, that went through those kinds of experiences and didn't just don't trust the cops. Because you don't know which one you're going to get. Most of them are good, but you exactly. don't know which one you're going to get. That's and, what I and, hear. And this is another thing that I hate that the media continues to do this because they have no clue what they're talking about. They keep saying black person versus white cop. No, it's cops in general. It's not a... Obviously, because this latest yeah, shooting was... Right, yeah. and they keep doing black this cop. because it, I guess it's great for the ratings. But when within the community, well, sometimes so the black cops are hated more than the white cops. Mm. Well, you never hear Black Lives Matter. You never hear that. Yeah, it's it's the so, truth. Look so at wait. Boys in the Hood, the famous movie. When you saw the interaction with the, you've seen it, Jeffy. I'm, I'm, inter- I missed Boys in the Hood. Boys in yeah. the Hood is an old, you know, it's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. And Compton. Classic. And, and, and Compton. When the black kids interaction with the black cop, and they hated him, and 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 how he shoved them on the ground. It's black. And you talk to black police officers. I have many of them that are friends. They are almost hated more than. So well, the, the stats cop. show that if you're a black cop, you're three point three times more likely to fire to fire than a white right. cop at a white. So, but wait. So what? So this then is not a racial issue. It's racial in the sense of not from the from the you know of I don't know how to word it. It's just it's happening to black males. It's not so right. much of yes, but it's it, not. It's, it, it's, it's not a white cops. people. No, it's not it. a it's, white cop. It's a blue thing. It's, it's a, not blue, a white. Th- blue versus the black community. You know, and somehow I guess they don't know each other, and they got to come together. That's the way I look at it. Why are the black cops worse than the white cops? I don't. I don't see them as worse, but I'm saying the community feels like they're worse. Many of my friends that are cops feel like they are met with more animosity because they feel like they sold out community sold out. They feel if you saw the footage the other day where the black cop is on the line of the protest yesterday and you see the tears going down his face and you hear the, uh, the protesters telling him, is it worth it? Is it worth it? You see a black person not, is it worth it? And he is bawling while having his shield up. Because they don't know what to do. So let me let, so let me ask you this. This is something that the leadership sometimes, liberal or progressive leadership, does to the black community. Mm-hmm. You can't be successful and not be in their little plantation plan 
of the left and, and not be a traitor to your race. Why can't a cop, why can't a black man be a cop and say, I want to be a good cop? Why is that? Is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Why, why are they made to feel shame for what they want to do? Well, that's just progressive. That's just their ideology. They're the ones when the war on, drug, the war on drugs happened that sent an over aggressive police force in the black community. Progressive wanted the war on drugs. The communities for a long time handled this theirself and the police backed them up. So they can't have it both ways. That's that's just a progressive ideology. They want it. black communities police themselves. Yes, when they went into the town, there was some interaction because of racism and Jim Crow back then and there. But for the most part, the black communities police themselves, self-policing. Hmm. Lawrence, thank you very much. Yes, Lawrence, Lawrence Jones from The uh, Blaze. Now this. Need a home security system? Because I'm more worried about Jeffy breaking in my house than yeah. anybody else. Especially if you've got food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No kidding. I mean, oh, hey, my I gosh. Wrote a, was that there's a, cake. That, that, that was a good one, too. Cake. That was, oh, my gosh. Welcome to the club. On the show, there's ice cream. cream. That joke? So, uh, you know, have you, seen, have you seen Jeffy with his little Easter basket that he fills the sodas up every day? Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, Where's your little Easter basket? Horrible, but no, I have not seen it. Where's your little Easter basket? Go get your Easter basket. Go get your Easter basket. Natasha, bring in his Easter basket. It's not there. I don't know where it is. Natasha, bring in his Easter basket. He's coming down. He's he's coming around um, in the studio today, and I see him before the show. And he's got this little Easter basket. He's Look adorable. Look Isn't he adorable? <laughs> With the ribbon on it and everything, and it's full of soda, and he's filling up the fridge. And so I wrote Which, by a little... By the way, is by far the most productive thing he does here. Well, it's the only productive thing so he does. So here's... I wrote a little song, and I don't know if I can remember it. I, I, I haven't written it down yet. I'm still working on it a bit, but I wrote him a little song. Here comes Fatty Cottontail. <laughs> That's all you have to know. Uh, what was it, Jeffy? What was the next line? Uh, I think it was something about Simply Safe. Uh, trudging down the fatty trail. Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fat. What do you think? It's really good. good. It's good. It's really I, I thought good. it was good. And wow. I wrote that. Was that Gershwin? I wrote that on you my own. That? Just walking behind it. <laughs> It was As he was always waddling down the... Bu- the, the, the right. Sometimes okay. art can express truth even I know. more than words. I know. Anyway, 65% of burglars are in breaking into your house or your... Comes fatty cotton tail. Or your refrigerator from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Waddling down. Thieves don't want you to be home when they break in. See, it's catchy. You're going to be singing it. Fat, fat, fatty. Fat, fat, fat. It's Simply Safe Home Security. joining in? It's Simply Safe Home Security. It's easy to use, completely wireless. Causing earthquakes along the way. And you own the system. And the great thing is, if you're normal or fat, you... You can have it. Monthly monitoring, fourteen ninety nine a month. Is that a specific promise? Uh, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, it doesn't matter your size. You could be normal <laughs> size or like Jeff. Uh, protect your home the smart way. The simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Fatty, fat, fat, fatty, fat, 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 fat. Oh, fat. Simplysafebeck.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Hello and welcome to the Fatty Fat Fat Show show, where we talk fat all the time. Me, I except, sure isn't Thursday anymore. Except for, except for yesterday. Yeah, we did a uh, uh, be neutral to Jeffy day. Yeah. We didn't say be kind. No, no. Well, people try to say... Uh, it was the annual Be Nice to Jeffy Day. No. First of all, it's not that, annual. That is not what it was. And secondly, it's not nice. It's neutral. Mm-hmm. We did not insult Jeffy one time uh, during the entire patent suit program yesterday. And you know that's um, true. That line was, first you of all, know it's true. the finger at me. You know it's true. Second, I don't know that that's true. You know it's true. No, you... Well, he clearly doesn't want it to be annual. He's already complaining about right. it. So right. it will never happen. <laughs> uh, and it, I mean, it was, that's the thanks we get, you know? For doing something nice for the guy, <laughs> it was the it was Over. the most difficult thing <laughs> ever done on radio done or television. Mm-hmm. It, ever done, and and I thought we did it expertly. We did right. I mean, you weren't on the show, so you didn't really do anything. Um, but <laughs> we felt your support. Though. But we felt your support, and you didn't. Did. I, I will say this: you didn't walk onto the set and just call him fat out of nowhere. Can I tell you? Which was, I thought was really hard. Restraint. That's why I had to write that song. Right, and you did that, but you did that today, not yesterday. May I? Yes. I have another one. Okay. All right. Now, this is for the upper class, okay? Okay. Right. And I demand silence. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. If there's something as important as this, you will get yes. it. Okay. This is much more of an elegant feel. Well, I hope I'm able to be silent. We all do. Fatty, fat, fat. Fatty, fat, fat. Fat. Fatty fat 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 Wow, that's that's beautiful. It's probably above over the heads of a lot of the audience. Well, it's not. Jeffy is crying. That was so beautiful. He brought tears to his eyes. It was so beautiful. That was beautiful, wasn't it? I wrote that for you. That's that's. I mean, is that one word to describe it? Yes. Fat. Oh, oh, the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't write. I wrote the lyrics. I don't want to take the notes somebody else wrote, but I wrote really? the lyrics. Yes, the notes and the rhythm. The notes. <laughs> <laughs> you are highbrow, aren't you? Oh, please. I saw the nose. I saw the nose, okay? I, I saw it at the Metropolitan. I remember this. Opera. Opera museum yeah. place. I, I mean, mm. and, and this is probably more of a lesson to Jeffy. Number one, if you get a day... Without insults, the next days it's not going to be your favorite day. Fatty, fat, fat. And secondly, uh, the way to buy off a bunch of other fat guys to not fat. make call you fat is to have your wife uh, bake, you know, oatmeal chocolate chip cookies and then bring them all in. So then we eat them and we all feel uh, disgustingly horrible. And, and which and, which she has done. Uh, yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, how long ago? I mean, it, oh, it's been like a week. We haven't had mac and cheese from her in approximately easily, four days. Easily th- three, four days. <laughs> easily. So, I mean, she, has other she wants you fat. You know, you know, <laughs> she wants you fat, right? She, she does, and she's you. admitted it. No, she likes him fat. Yeah, she does. She well, takes pictures of you, and she she has done this to my wife. She has taken a picture, an old picture of you when you were thin and said, I hate I, oh. I hate him so thin. She does. She is now. Can I tell you something? This history repeats itself. This has happened before. It's called Thanksgiving to oh. turkeys. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. She's gonna kill and eat you. I just say she's gonna kill and eat you <laughs> this Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, it's Mercury.
Thursday Night Football is a nice reminder to set your FanDuel lineup uh, and get involved in a contest right now. FanDuel is the weekly fantasy football uh, leagues that you can get in uh, for one week and draft your team. So if you have Adrian Peterson in your year-long fantasy league and you think your whole season's screwed up, go to FanDuel. You can still win. In fact, you can get in beginner's contests with new players, so you're not going up against expert players like myself, for example. Uh, you can go up against other people who are just starting and you're learning it. And in fact, FanDuel uh, goes to the trouble to uh, cover your first few contests. Try FanDuel now. Get up to 50 bucks in free entries. New users who deposit will get five free entries to NFL 50-50 beginner contests valued at up to 50 bucks. All you have to do is finish in the top half of the league and you win real money. You get one free entry a week for five weeks. Value of free entries varies based on deposited amount. Go to FanDuel.com and click the Join Now button. Use my code Stu. It's FanDuel.com, promo code Stu, void where prohibited. All kinds of trouble on the streets with our police officers all across the country. We get into that. Also, uh, the breakdown of the American family. Part four of our serial on the family coming up in just a few minutes. And we believe so strongly that whoever gets into office, we need to have strong constitutionalists in the House and the Senate. We have a guy who is within striking distance of Senator Bennett in Colorado, um, the guy who was the deciding vote that gave us Obamacare. Bennett also likes the Iran deal and a fan of Planned Parenthood. Holy cow, not a progressive idea this guy doesn't like. Daryl Glenn is running against him. He's a nominee for Senate out of Colorado. We believe he's a name you need to know and possibly a candidate that may deserve some of your time or your money to help him get to the Senate this fall. Daryl Glenn joins us right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. An Air Force veteran retired in 2009 as a lieutenant colonel. He's involved in local politics and for some reason wants to commit living and working in Washington, D.C. for the next six years. Good luck with that. Daryl Glenn is joining us now from Colorado, the nominee for uh, Senate. Hi, Daryl. How are you, sir? Uh, doing great. Thanks for having me back on. You bet. Um, you have the endorsement of uh, Ted Cruz. You have the endorsement, I believe, of Freedom Works. We talked to Club for Growth, and they're taking another look at you because uh, you're now within striking distance. They said the last time they looked at you, you were about uh, 20 or 30 points behind, uh, and now you're within striking distance of uh, being the next senator in Colorado. Yeah, if you believe polls, we're within seven and closing rapidly. Uh, our campaign's been based on faith and hard work, and we're going to win this thing by four. You're going to win it by four? Absolutely. Um, why should why should the people in um, Colorado uh, trust you, and what makes you 
not your stereotypical GOP guy? Well, I recognize the fact that so many people have helped me get to where I'm at. Uh, you know, I'm a deep man of faith, uh, family commitment, and making sure that we lay out a pathway to care of that next generation is very important to me. I spent 21 years serving this country, retired as a lieutenant colonel. I've been blessed to have two adult daughters, and I'm looking at the direction that this country is going, and uh, I'm concerned, and enough to where you roll up your sleeves and you do something about it. So I'm grounded in making sure that we have people that will stand up for the Constitution, stand up for those founding principles that make us a great nation, and sure. I'm going to do that. Darrell, what do you what do you say to the people in uh, Charlotte or the people in Tulsa that are rioting right now? What I would do is tell them to take pause and allow the process to take place. We need to be calm. Uh, there needs to be clearly an investigation, a very open and transparent investigation. Uh, but what I would caution people and really encourage them what they need to do is this is a perfect opportunity where we need to bring people in the policymaking group, along with law enforcement, along with the community leaders, and we need to get together and start coming up with a plan on what is going on as far as making sure that we learn from this situation and learn from one another. Well, I mean, often, in, in North Carolina, you've got a situation where a black officer killed a black man and they're crying racism. How, how's that even possible? And how do you well, because, how do you solve better question? How do you solve a situation when the facts don't seem to matter? Because we know there are bad cops. We know that there you know there's bad people in all businesses and industries. Um, so it, there's bad cops, and uh, there's been a history of it. And we all want the bad guys out. But when when Everyone who um, uh, it, it, it fires their gun are only firing their gun because they're a racist or they hate black people. Um, you've got a real problem. How do, you, how do you come together with that? Well, and that's where it takes leadership uh, because a lot of the frustration that's out there, it, it comes from years of underlying tension of not really – recognizing and addressing issues that are within the community. And you can only do that when you bring all the parties together and really have some substantive discussions because we keep talking over one another. Uh, because like you mentioned, good cops do not want bad cops on the street. No. But also communities need to understand that if you are there and you're, you're underemployed and unemployed, you need to also look at the policymakers that are in place and what are they doing to help or hurt you. Uh, but we also must recognize that there are cultural differences. And the best way to talk about that is in a civilized setting where you get to know one another. And you also want to make sure that people uh, understand the tactics that are being used by law enforcement so you can work together so that there isn't this fear and perception that uh, the law enforcement community is specifically targeting members of color. So we got a lot of work to do. Um, you'd be the second um, black senator. Um, the first black senator uh, was Tim Scott, um, a Republican. You are running for the Republican seat in Colorado. Um, is there anything to that 
for you that's special? Service is special. Uh, I, you know, this is, and I'm very serious about this. I've been blessed to be in public office for over 13 years. And this is the only election where I've even thought about race. And that's because I believe that the current administration and the tone that's being set out there, he ran as a great uniter. And I believe we are more racially divided today than we were back then. But are we so now are, what? Aren't we more divided? I mean, um, I don't even want to ask you about what you think about the front runner of the Republican Party, because no matter what you say, the party will split and there is no acceptance of you um, one way or the other. And aren't, I mean, it's not just racial divides. We're doing it as conservatives. We're divided ourselves. Well, I've been blessed to have started my campaign early. I've traveled around Colorado, and uh, I am getting support from all parties when it comes to when you're breaking down the Republican Party uh, and all the internal problems that we're having, because I'm trying to stay focused on the message. The message is extremely important because we're at a point in this country where this is a monumental election where we're going forever change when you start thinking about issues with regard to the Supreme Court. You need somebody to step up and lead, and that's what I'm bringing to the table. So the issues that I'm addressing are issues that resonate across this country. Uh, when you start thinking about national security issues, when you start thinking about energy independence, when you start thinking about fiscal responsibility and coming up with real solutions to deal with our debt, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican, Democrat, unaffiliated. If you are an American, if you love this country, we must buckle down and address these issues today uh, because the next generation is going to suffer if we don't do our job. How do, how do you do that with the next generation not paying attention because they don't believe in anybody? They don't believe in the, in the parties. They don't believe uh, in anything any politician can do. Uh, they see it as broken. They're going to pay the price. Uh, and... And quite honestly, we are the, this is the first time in my life that I have seen a culture that the facts do not matter on either side. Well, I happen to be blessed to have two millennials. And I, our campaign has been very successful being able to bring them into the fold because, one, we empower them and give them leadership positions within my organization. And we're including them in the conversation and talking with them instead of at them and showing them that if we support certain things that really, when you think about uh, uh, the potential, potential liberty infringements upon the millennials, they get that. They also get the importance of the debt and the fact that, guess what, they're going to be the, the ones to deal with that. So I'm very optimistic, at least about the millennials that we've been in contact with. And we're, we're going to continue to work with them and empower them and invite them to be a part of our team. That's so what sitting, we're telling everybody to go to electdarylglenn.com. So uh, sitting Senator Michael Bennett, um, he's not going to debate with you. He's skipping the debate. Um, you could look at him as the deciding vote that gave us Obamacare. He likes the Iran nuclear deal. He's a f fan of Planned Parenthood, seems to be okay with abortion, even on board with population control with the United Nations. Um, if the good people of Colorado reelect Michael Bennett, would you say that is evidence that legalizing marijuana is really a bad thing? 
Well, maybe everyone was that, high. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily we won't have that problem because I'm going to win this race. <laughs> uh, I know. How that, is how know, is the legalization of marijuana working out there? Has that changed you know, anything? Is it? Go ahead. It, it really has opened up, you know, a discussion about the the pushback and whether or not we're going to stand up for the Tenth Amendment states' rights or not. It's really opened yeah. up that discussion. And there are some unintended consequences, and I still believe that there's still more discussion that needs to occur. Uh, so you're going to continue to see me to push to try to resolve that conflict because you either need to respect states' rights or you need to do something else. Uh, so we've, we've got a long way to go. There's one more question. There's a lot of people in uh, the Senate you could um, buddy up with. Who do, you, who do you see in the Senate that you think, I have to be in this group of senators? I want to be around these people. Well, I've, you know, believe it or not, I was just there uh, yesterday, and I, I met with so many senators, and I generally get along with every single person uh, that I've worked with or at least have talked to, and they've come out to campaign for me. Senator Langford is a personal hero of mine because we have a very deep connection when it comes to faith. Tim Scott has come out. Ted Cruz has come out. Mike Lee, uh, Rand Paul. These are all guys that I really, Ben Sass, wow. are all guys that I really personally uh, see ideologically a, a lot alike. Hang on just a second, Daryl. I, I want everybody in this audience, if you feel small and insignificant, like you haven't made a difference, okay. remember in 2012 where we were. Could you list those senators again that you like? Sure. I personally have relationships with Ben Sass, with Ted Cruz, with Mike Lee, with, with Rand Paul, with Tim Scott. With, uh, when, you, when you start thinking about Senator Langford, uh, it's unbelievable. And guess what? I even shook hands with Mitch McConnell, and he is supportive oh. of my campaign. And so, Ooh. trust me, they all realize that we need the Senate Ugh. and they need Daryl Glenn in the Senate. Yeah. Well, Daryl, it is great to talk to you. Um, elect Daryl Glenn um, uh, is the uh, website. Is that right? ElectDarylGlenn.com? ElectDarylGlenn.com is the uh, website. And um, we think that um, uh, you're somebody definitely to watch. And if we were living in Colorado, we would definitely be voting for you. I should speak for myself. I would be voting for you. Uh, from what I know, and uh, it's uh, great to have you on the program, and best of luck to you. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you. Look at that list. Is that Was that not good amazing? Ones, yeah. Some really good ones. And those were all from the Tea Party. Those are all from the Tea Party. We couldn't, you know, there was a time we couldn't name one in the Senate that we could trust. Yesterday, J.P. Morgan's chief global strategist, David Kelly, slammed the Fed, said, quote, doing long-term harm to the economy by not hiking interest rates. We have an inappropriate level of interest rates, which is distorting asset markets, blowing bubbles, and eventually will end up in inflation. I'm going to go a step further. You cannot do this to economy that long without having real dangerous inflation up to hyperinflation. Do your own homework. Get the facts. Find out why is the Fed now talking about getting rid of paper money? Why? Because they're going to re- they're going to need to reset this whole damn thing. A, a a bubble is going to pop and it's going to be a biblical proportions. 
please do your homework. Don't take it from me. Don't take it from anybody else. You're smart enough to figure this out. 10% of what you have saved out of stocks, out of bonds, out of cash, into gold. 10%, that's not unreasonable. Call 866-465-3546. 866-465-3546. Read Goldline's important risk information. Find out if gold is right for you at 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. I got to tell you, it's it's always it's always good eating when Hillary Clinton is screaming behind a microphone. Oh, here she is that. wondering about the polls. Cut six fifty two, please. I will fight back against so called right to work. Right to work is wrong for workers and right. wrong for America. Wow, yeah. Now, having said all this, why aren't I fifty points ahead? You might ask. That's a delivery here. Well. The choice for working families has never been clearer. I need your help to get Donald Trump's record out to everybody. Nobody should be fooled. See? (laughs) He proudly declared himself 100% right to work. Amen. He even hired a union-busting firm to break up an organizing campaign at his hotel in Las Vegas, where you are right now. Wait, stop for a second, because... Important. Wait, what the, is, is this a video she recorded? Is a video it's for really I, maybe SEIU really is talking to, crowd. to uh to Vegas and I, I but he's not she's in a room by herself. She's not speaking to so bad. So like uh, it's weird. I, I guess maybe they told her you got to be kind of loud cuz the room is going to be big and it might be hard. But she's just sort of screaming it in a monotone fashion. Really bad. And and you have to oh, see man. her eyes. Why am I not fifty points ahead? Because you suck. my dad. Oh gosh, have you Trouble. listened to yourself? That's why, Hillary. Oh, come on. This video is a great example. Can we please play six fifty five here? Hillary Clinton appears on between two ferns. Donald yeah. Trump's wedding. Did, oh my gosh. Uh, He write his own vows, and did uh, Michelle Obama write Melania's? Um, I really couldn't see or hear very well, so I'm not quite sure what his vows were. But I'm sure they were great and huge mm. and wonderful. Like his bowels. <laughs> Chelsea, uh, your daughter, and Ivanka Trump, Trump's daughter, are friends. Uh, does Ivanka ever call Chelsea, you know, to talk about boys that might have crushes on her, <laughs> like her dad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun, Mrs. Clinton. We should stay in touch. What's the best way to reach you? Email? <laughs> Email. <laughs> Oh, that had to be uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. oh my God. She does not get what's going on there the at all. I might want to turn on Oh, I, you might want to turn on your mic. I'm you sorry. The brains of... Uh, uh, what? Of, I don't want you to sing your little song again. Oh, would you like it? I would love it. <laughs> Which one? In the basket. Would you like... Oh, the basket? Oh, yeah. Oh, here comes Fatty Cottontail waddling down the soda trail. Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fat. I wrote that this morning because he he was he, he carried the oh, sister wait. basket mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. with I mean who I mean just seeing this sight of this 
<laughs> big guy in the Easter basket full of soda walking down. It was cute. It was adorable. I mean, you own a network. I would watch a behind the music about that particular. Right, wouldn't you? I think we should do I think we should do a behind the music documentary on <laughs> Fatty Fat Fat. Right. I agreed, first of all. But secondly, uh, this is this was obviously a positive thing for Obama. He did between two firms oh, yeah. last election. Uh, went well for him. He was actually, you know. He was pretty good in it. He was pretty good in it. Was, it, it, it was. I hate to say it. it. It was one of the few moments uh, he was pretty good at mm-hmm. something. Um, and, and Zach Galifianakis is really funny in those. He is anyway. hysterical. I mean, and all of those, you could sit there and go through that entire series and watch all of them, and they're all really funny. He would be, seriously, he would be a bigger name if he was a shorter name. All right. Because I have yeah. no idea. Galifianakis. Close. Close. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's pretty well for himself. Yeah, he's Pretty funny. well for himself. He's funny. Although she's terrible on that. And she's, it's so she's uncomfortable. She doesn't oh, wait a minute. what's going on. How do you know she doesn't know what's no, going on? She doesn't know what's going on. Oh. She's definitely oh. in on it, but she's not, she was not able to pull it off as well as he, because it's kind yeah. of the Has he done anger. it with, has he done it with, um, uh, has he done it with Trump? Oh, no, this is a straight-out campaign commercial. The, oh, like, wow. Galifianakis is very liberal and is doing this to oh. help, uh, you know, to help Obama and help Clinton. I don't think he... Oh, wow. I mean, I'm sure he would do it to Trump, oh, uh, but Trump would, Trump would not do well in that environment. No way. No, I, I don't think he could play second banana. What's the best way to stay in touch? Email? <laughs> Email. <laughs> hey, uh, the breakdown of the family. Uh, the last episode of our serial... On America's families and can we ever get it back? Coming up next. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. From ABC News in 2010. There's the Adams family, the first family, my family, and the Partridge family. All called family, but what counts as family? What we find is that people are moving away from a traditional definition of family, and they're moving towards a modern definition of family. The modern family, indeed, comes in many combinations. Nearly 100% of us agree a husband, wife, and kids counts as a family. No kids? 92% say that's a family. Those kids make a difference. Children provides this, quote, guarantee that moves you to family status. For instance, an unmarried man and woman living together. Hey. Hi. Under 40% say that's a family. Give them kids. It jumps to 83%. That's up 5% since 2003. A gay couple. 33% say that's a family. With kids. 64%. A 10% jump in just the last seven years. But should the American family be redefined? Has there been a positive or a negative effect on our society since this redefining? When the traditional family is discussed in American media, it is often made to sound as if it's something that needs to be changed. In fact, it's usually made to sound obsolete. 
Look at that, kids. No fighting, no yelling, no belching. The dad has a shirt on. Look, knockers. These people are obviously freaks. Ever since the progressive era began in America, we've seen this continual attack on traditional values in our society. And the hardest hit has been the traditional family unit. The first step towards healing our families is wanting to heal them. And according to a Focus on the Family study, Americans apparently do. When asked what mattered most to them personally, Americans agree that a loving family is the single most important priority among a list of many high priorities. 54% of those surveyed said a loving family is their top priority. Good health was number two at 50, followed by financial security at 43 and happiness at 33. So the desire is there. But can we turn things around? Mark Merrill, president of Family First. I really do believe it can be reversed, but it didn't get this way overnight. And we have significant issues in our culture relating to the disintegration of the family today. Uh, We know that the marriage rate uh, is declining. Uh, We know that divorce rate is probably flattened out, but uh, it's been substituted by substantial out-of-wedlock births which continue to escalate at an enormous rate. You know, overall, we have over 40% of those births out of wedlock and uh, higher in certain communities. But they can be reversed. I think if we really decide, you know, we're going to make a concerted effort as a culture, we need positive messages about how we can celebrate marriage and how marriage is good. And this is the way to do life. And it is very satisfying. It's something that we need to encourage more couples to do because there's a lot of security in, uh, in marriage. There's a lot of joy in marriage and there's a lot of awesome things that come about being married. So we need to celebrate it. We need, need to promote it uh, and we need to encourage it. So what if the government devoted the kind of focus and attention to the American family instead of unfailed programs that don't work? For instance, the federal government is currently spending about $7.5 billion a year just on the Head Start program, which is the largest long-term government intervention into helping low-income early education program. Expecting to find significant success on this LBJ initiative, the government recently conducted a study on its impact. The results? No lasting benefit was found, and in some areas... Head Start actually had a negative effect. Now, we're not suggesting that the federal government invest $7.5 billion a year in promoting the American family. But what if there were private organizations devoted to healing the family, funded by private individuals, and their only objective was healing the traditional family unit? Mark Merrill of Family First. We also need to have leaders uh, uh, modeling that. We need to have celebrity types saying marriage is good and this is what marriage is and what it's all about and encouraging people uh, to get married. Having good moral leaders is also imperative, as our founders insisted, as John Adams said. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Any other kind of people is wholly inadequate for keeping families together as well. But leaders of late, like Barack Obama, have insisted on delivering messages like this. I've got two daughters, nine years old and six years old. I'm going to teach them, first of all, about values and morals. But 
if they make a mistake, I don't want them punished with a baby. This was a really troubling message to America's youth and her families. He'll teach them values and morals, but if they go against them, he doesn't want them to be punished with a baby. So instead, the implication is abortion, rather than dealing with the consequences of their bad choices. Then there was the incredibly unfortunate lesson from Obama that babies are a punishment. The influence of good leaders will be critical if Americans are to turn this around. Mark Merrill also discusses the influence of Hollywood. Well, I think it is easy for people just to blame Hollywood for all of our ills, but there are a lot of people that are consuming those things. And so I think what we really need to do is to, to recognize that, yes, there is a lot of things that we shouldn't be uh, modeling in television, movies, and music. And so it would be helpful to show um, good things, um, show uh, marriages that are successful, show families that are thriving, and, uh, and lift those up and encourage people to have those kinds of families rather than just show families that shouldn't be that way. And we'll go through a lot of pain as a result of it. The president of Family First summed up the most important things he believes need to happen in order to heal American families. First, overall, we need to speak truth into the culture. We really do. We need to speak truth into the culture and say, this is really what's happening in our culture. We need to identify the problem, as we've already discussed, but that we need to also talk about the solution. And I believe one of the most important things we can do to make the family thrive once again, to bring the family back together, is to get fathers more involved in their kids' lives. We have two problems. We have one that many fathers are physically absent uh, from their kids. There are 24 million children in our country right now who are growing up without their biological fathers. And secondly, we have many millions more who are growing up with fathers who are in the home but are emotionally absent from their kids. And so if we can reverse those two trends, and really get their fathers engaged in their lives, I believe that we can really turn things around and have families that don't die, that don't just survive, but actually thrive in our country once again. As far as at least one parent being at home to raise children full-time, there has been actually some good news on that front. While 71% of mothers still work outside the home, the number of stay-at-home moms has surprisingly increased since 1999, from 23% to 29%. Things have changed a lot since the Leave it to Beaver days. Girls are kind of lucky, don't they, Mom? Why do you say that? Well, they don't have to be smart. They don't have to get jobs or anything. All they got to do is get married. <laughs> Now, virtually nobody shares that kind of attitude about girls anymore, and if they do, they certainly keep it to themselves. Yet most Americans at least realize that it could be detrimental for both the mother and the father to work outside the home. As 60% of Americans say children are better off when one parent stays at home to focus on the family, while 35% say they're just as well off when both parents work outside the home. Most Americans will also agree that healing the family unit can happen. But will it? Will fathers become more engaged? 
Will mothers be happy and fulfilled by raising their children full-time? Is it possible to get cultural help from Hollywood? Are there decent, honorable leaders who can step up as role models, setting a tone for Americans? Imagine what could have happened in the black community if Barack Obama would have, instead of repeatedly attacking gun ownership, focused his attention instead on telling the truth about the black family and challenging black fathers to accept their responsibilities and stay in the homes with their wives and children. What if private organizations and churches spent a fraction of the $22 trillion the federal government has taken from her people and spent on the war on poverty, on education, on encouragement, and on engaging Americans on how to be successful at keeping the family together? The American family needs an advocacy group like the LGBT community. The gay community overcame overwhelming odds, huge approval deficits, to turn public opinion around in an incredibly short period of time. They went from states flat-out refusing to even consider same-sex marriage to losing referendums in every single state that held a vote to same-sex marriage being accepted by the majority of the people and the law of the land in under 20 years. If the traditional family had such focus, had such an organization, that kind of commitment, the American family could be saved. And with it, perhaps America itself. Want more cereals? You can listen to every episode at glenbeck.com slash cereals. Next week, you'll learn about the history of gun control in America. Glenn Beck. I want to talk to you about Bond Arms. Bond Arms is the uh, proud sponsor of the uh, program. As a strong Second Amendment um, uh, guy and uh, as, as, a, uh, as a dad and as a husband, I could give you a million reasons to own a gun. But let me give you one. The mall in Minnesota last weekend. If that was me or my wife, I would want to have a gun. Everybody always talks about, oh, you know, they're going to ban guns. They're going to ban guns. I better get my AR. Yeah, how about a handgun? Do you know that handguns are, are what, a third of the guns that are sold in America? A handgun. I, I don't reach for my AR when I'm at home at night and somebody comes to the I open up the little vault by my, by my uh, bedside and grab my bond arms. You want something that will take somebody down. God forbid there's trouble. It's a shotgun in your pocket. A double-barreled bond arms gun. The Second Amendment is under attack. Activists want to turn our country upside down. And people are in the streets rioting. What do you have to protect yourself? What do you have to protect your wife? Do your homework. Do it now. Get what I have. A double-barrel shotgun in your pocket. Bondbeck.com. Is that a double? Yes. Bondbeck.com. Go there now. See what Bond Arms has to offer. Bondbeck.com. The Glenn Beck Beck. 
program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. We the Glenn Beck program. Mercury. Seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck program. All right, I want you to listen to this argument, and it's going to hack you off. Um, but uh, but but I want you to listen to this. Um, here we have the Daily Show um, talking about an ice cream parlor that is banning Muslims. Now listen to this. Following a, a stabbing attack at a Minnesota mall last week by a Muslim man, local ice cream parlor has decided enough is enough. After the recent attacks, a sign at an ice cream shop in Lonsdale is creating a lot of controversy. Demonstrators gathering outside Treats Family Restaurant protesting the sign that reads, Muslims get out. <laughs> Those are strangers. This man genuinely thought people who go around blowing people up would be stopped by a sign? <laughs> you guys are talking to terrorists, not vampires. They don't need to be invited in. Right? Or, or maybe or maybe he's onto something. Because if you think about it, we've never tried that. We've never actually tried to repel terrorists with signs. Yeah. Maybe that's all the airports need is a sign that says no terrorists. Yeah? Okay, stop. Uh, that's stop. Great, that's great, isn't that's, it? That's a really funny. Isn't that fantastic? Except what he's doing is mocking the gun-free zone sign. Mm. Doesn't realize he's yep. doing it. He has he's no idea and the crowd is laughing. Ha ha ha. That is so ridiculous. Except... You do it like a sign is going to stop somebody who's going to shoot as many people as he can in an elementary school. You know, <laughs> they specifically chose, and several of them have admitted it, specifically chose their target for that Because reason. it's a gun-free zone. Because it's a gun-free zone, and they wanted to shoot as many people as they could before they got stopped by police. Trevor. What's his name? Trevor Oliver? Noah. Trevor Noah. Noah. Noah, that's right. Noah. Trevor and Noah. So, he's so bad. Well, Trevor Oliver. They both had accents. You can't tell the difference between the two. You're thinking John Oliver. So you've, Trevor you've, Noah. Uh, just to, so we've, you've kind of confused the HBO guy, the Daily Show guy, and a guy who used to work for our company. Right? Yes. Right. A, <laughs> those three people... One of them is not a comedian, but you've mashed, that's the one you <laughs> no, but actually there, But there's, there's only two of them in reality. Nope. Uh, there's, there's, there's the three. <laughs> well, whatever, Stu, whatever you're talking about. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just telling you, I'm just telling you, you can't tell them apart. Well, did you, did, what did you guys think? Did you see the big article in the New York Times, a column uh, that was saying that this is actually a big problem for Hillary and that, like, people just don't like this could this crew like they like the john stewart and they it, right. but now every single person is trying to do john stewart poorly and it's just not working anymore with younger voters and that's why they're they're not really getting into the hillary clinton thing no they're not getting into the hillary clinton thing because of trevor noah no they're not getting into the hillary clinton thing because they know she's a fraud and a crook well that too i mean that's, that's <laughs> right i mean obviously right the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 
Why? Why is the question? Oh, this is the Senate race. Oh, no. No. Did I just see, Stu? We're getting ready for um, election by the numbers. And I see Stu moving Senate people out of the lean Republican into the toss-up section. And I yep. go, Stu, we will, we will have none of that. I'm just stop, Stu. We will have none of that. We begin election by the numbers right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program, 2016, election by numbers. Holy cow, how many times does this egomaniac Glenn Beck need his name on the uh, show open? Right? Holy crap. All right, let's get to the Glenn Beck election by the numbers with Glenn Beck Stu Bergier. Hi, I'm Glenn Beck Stu Bergier, and here's the Glenn Beck chalkboard that we have Glenn Beck magnets on. Uh, They factor in all the Glenn Beck states here as far as the Senate goes. Well, I should say the Glenn Beck Senate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we've moved a bunch of uh, states or uh, uh, races around. uh, And it's weird because Trump has improved his standing. Almost all Republicans in states uh, that uh, re- Republicans are running are outperforming uh, Donald Trump Good. in those states. Uh, so that still uh, holds. And we mo- we've been able to move a bunch of states from the leaning Republican to the solid Republican. including Oh, I thought you were moving them the other way to toss up. Well, there's been a few, uh, a few changes. <clears throat> uh, Murkowski in Alaska. We do believe she's going to win there. I mean, she's terrible. But she's terrible. But she's, she's still a Republican, a Republican and you need that. At this point, you how do- can you have a terrible Republican in Alaska. I don't know, but they do. How can you have a a progressive where they where they wrestle moose for fun? Isn't that where somebody else came from? Isn't that where no. somebody else came from? Nobody I can think of. No, the really corrupt guy? Didn't she replace no, the corrupt guy? Somebody else that was uh, one of the uh, vice I don't know. I was I don't too remember. busy looking at uh, Russia from my house. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so um, Murkowski's pretty safe there. The one weird kind of wrinkle that's popped in recently is Joe Miller. Do you remember Joe Miller? He was a Republican nominee for Senate. Um, he won what city uh, in or Alaska? What state? Alaska. He won the primary, and then Lisa Murkowski, who lost that primary, wound up winning the Senate seat as a write-in, write-in candidate, which is incredible. I mean, it is one yeah, of the most incredible is. things that's happened in recent political history. It is. Um, there are four people that live in Alaska. I believe there's at least eleven. <laughs> Um, there's 11 Glenn Beck people living in Alaska. Um, but Murkowski uh, now has Joe Miller, her former opponent, who has won the Libertarian nomination mm-hmm. for the Senate. So he will be on the ballot as well. Ooh, um, so libertarian kinda, could do well up there. Could do very well. And, and I'd rather have a Libertarian than Murkowski any day of the week. Oh, yeah. And he, I mean, you know, he's a former Republican. Um, the interesting thing about that is the Democrats hold a slight hope to take that because if, if in theory... Murkowski and Miller split that vote, and you could get the Democrat to come in and win. Very, very, very long shot. Long shot enough that we've moved that to solid Republican. John McCain looks pretty solid uh, in uh, in Arizona as well. Hey, so we've really started out some happy news. Murkowski and McCain. And Grassley. And and Grassley, too. Grassley in Iowa. It looks like he's going to hold that pretty easily. And and Isaacson in Georgia, they're all over to the solid Republican. You still have Rubio in the lean? He's leaning? I still have Rubio in the leaning because it's not a blowout there, but he looks pretty solid. 
solid there as well. How, how many points? Uh, I can give you that here. How many, how many points do we need to get you into the solid today? It's not, you we know, go back and I talk to nine, the manager. Nine points. Nine gets me points. Into the, right into the solid. You want to get you, There's you, no way Marco loses that. No. I think you are right. Uh, however, the polls. I think he's three points ahead. I think he moves how many into points? the solid. How many points? Mm. Without going over. Without going over. Um, <laughs> so we've had uh, the last four polls, he's up six, nine, two, and nine. So that is what? Mm-hmm. And so nine. you throw the well, you two just, out. You just hit my magic number. Move you had nine, over. two, and nine. I think you move them over. You move know, you throw out the two. I mean, get him out and the Glenn Beck board is controlled by Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck can move Roby. I believe the Glenn Beck board. Glenn Beck board is not is 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 move him over, Glenn. Controlled by Glenn Beck's producer Stuart. Oh my, move him over. Whatever. I mean, it's not going to affect. This is a magic. Why? Why are you for the Democrat in Florida? Yeah. Why do you want Hillary? Why do you back up all of the progressives? Just to like to see more polling. If you, you always if love Rubio loses, always. you own it. You own it. Apparently do. You will uh, be held accountable. You'll be held accountable forever. We are going to set Personally. you on fire and put your asses out, ashes out with with our pee. Well, his pee, because <laughs> he usually pees. What? On the air. I was just going to karate chop him. I, no, uh, we're going to set him on fire and put your ashes out with Jeffy's pee. All right. Um, over on the Democratic uh, side, I'm, we've, I'm, we've moved. We're um, okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you we've talking Glenn, about? Glenn uh, into the uh, leading Democrat from a solid Democrat. Based Ooh. on this most recent poll, a seven-point lead for Bennett over Glenn. We talked to him earlier today. Uh, Daryl Glenn from uh, Colorado. So that's a, a, a positive move if you're a Republican. Uh, and we have a bunch of toss-up states, uh, including um, uh, Burr uh, t- uh, in North Carolina, Toomey in Pennsylvania, the open seat in Nevada, which is really close, although uh, the Republican just had a really good poll there. We're still keeping it as a toss-up. Kelly Ayotte's still in a toss-up situation? Yeah, she's actually improved her standing slightly over the past couple of weeks, which is positive. Wow. Uh, you know, again... I- Normally, I really care about Republicans. With these two candidates, I am—I I care less about the individual candidates than I normally would. Well, yeah, but you, uh, because you just, I just want a Republican control to have somebody right. push back against these guys. Right. Uh, and also, uh, Blunt from Missouri is the one I, you had seen earlier that I moved from a leaning Republican to a toss-up. It's still pretty close there. Okay. I do expect him to win that seat, um, but. This is uh, so you've got. This is actually looking really hopeful. Yeah, it it's looks in, pretty good. Some of the expert. Uh, well, let, let me give you the breakdown of where we have it here um, right now, which is there's 36 Democrats. They start with 36 without any elections at all. They're at 36. With our solid, they get to 44. With leaners, we get to 47 for the Democrats. Wow. Um, right now, and then on the Republican side, they Oof. start with 30 without any elections at all. They're yeah. guaranteed 30. Then you go 34, 38. 42, 44, 46. So they go with 46. 47 um, if you put Rubio. Then you put Rubio there. Yeah, 47. 47. Which is tied. So 47, 47 with six toss-up races. And and how many of the toss-up races look really good for the Republicans? I think they'll win Missouri. I think yeah. they'll slide them over. So just slide them over. You Not think all they'll the win Iot, yeah, right? Um, they'll win New Hampshire. Uh, it's a toss-up. I mean, it depends. Oh. On, that depends. Yeah. Well, I mean, win Burr. If uh, if Iod can win in New Hampshire, why can't Trump win in New Hampshire? Uh, well, every one of these candidates on the board is polling better than Trump. Okay. Um, so so Trump. Basically, what's happening here, and we we talked about this with Club for Growth this week. Like Pat Toomey, for example, um, when Trump is down by three or four, he's winning these. He's winning the polls. When Trump is down by eight or nine in Pennsylvania, uh, you'll see Toomey down by four. And so that that so will he have coattails if Trump? 
pulls it out in the end. No, it's them. Oh, it's, it's the, the senators that are having coattails. Senators are pulling ahead of Trump. But if Trump can keep mm. it close in some of these states instead of getting blown out, um, they have a real chance. Boy, I, th- this this debate, there is so much riding on this for oh both candidates. Really, how many debates are they doing? Three or two? Three, com- and then three. A, one vice presidential debate. Yeah, I mean, this one, this they do Monday these three one. debates. Are we going to watch this together? We should watch this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, on Monday sure. night. Yeah, um, it's good. Want to come over to my house? That that would be I would love, that would be great. Well, okay. The last time we went to your house, it was bad. That was the one where oh, Rom wasn't. Actually, we should go to the exact room with the first debate at Glenn's house where that we watched when Romney destroyed Obama. That, yeah, felt that was a good one. That was a good that one. Felt that good. felt good. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think if, you, if, if you're going <laughs> to... I don't know your, what I'm rooting for on Monday. I think I... Yeah. I, think I, I don't know. Problem, I right? really don't know. Anyway. Problem. So, I mean, if you, I think the Republicans can get to... So, oh, you're, you're doing to me kind of in the toss-up but lean Democrat area. Yeah, if I had a gun to my head, I'd probably go that way. That sucks. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, you know, I, I think it might be a fifty-one forty-nine right now. If I gun to my head in the open uh, for Republican Nevada, the Republican might win. They're doing pretty well. Yeah, he just uh, I think his name, Heck is his last name, and he just Heck? had a good yeah Heck, and he had just a good poll uh, recently. I think it was up. His name is Heck. What the heck? Oh my heck, Glenn Beck. Oh my heck. So there you go. Uh, so that's the uh, Senate side. Should we do the uh, electoral side too? Do we have time? Yeah. Uh, Why not? Go ahead. Uh, Way to put it nothing more than time. Spinning. All the time in the world. The weekend's here. We checked out three days ago. You did? Wait, so that's not really a weekend. It's most of the week if you're checking out on Wednesday. Uh, Who are you to judge us? Who are you? I'm the guy who controls the board on the Glenn Beck chalkboard. Three days ago was Wednesday. Oh, Tuesday. We checked out Monday. (laughs) Monday, okay. Um, So Just coasting into the weekend from Sunday. So there is some movement here as well uh, yeah. is, uh, on this board. Um, and it actually, it looks starting to look better for Trump over here too, right? Yeah, I think it's, it is considerably better. Um, and, and some of the states that lean Democrat, when we first started this board, I put them as leaning Democrat when really they probably should have been solid Democrat, but they were close enough and I was being optimistic uh, to keep the board a little bit more dramatic maybe. I don't know. But Colorado now has moved all the way to, it's almost a toss-up. Um, and there's been a few polls that have shown Trump very competitive in uh, in Colorado, Pennsylvania. There's been some polls that he's been with less than five. Uh, New Hampshire hasn't really done that, but Michigan and Wisconsin have oddly been close in some polling. It's not holding up in every poll. It seems like I think, still definitely has a lead. I think this board. Think. I think he could walk away with it if he does really well on Sunday. Um, I think Monday. he could, Monday. I think he could put this away. On Monday, and if she has another health, well, I yeah, yeah. I think a lot she of things is, can happen. Look, I I think he's oh, made yes. up all this ground because he's not looking crazy right now. He's not looking like a crazy man, and that's all Roger Ailes, and they're keeping him in control, and so he's looking more and more presidential. He you'll notice he hasn't been making headlines every day with something crazy. Mm-hmm. Every day he was saying something crazy. Mm-hmm. They had the change in the command, and between Bannon and Ailes, they're listen- he's listening to Ailes, and so he is, he is under control. Now, that all changes when he's president, but he's under control right now. And as long as she looks corrupt and everybody knows she's corrupt, if he doesn't look crazy, he wins. Uh, I, I think you're right. If he can convince might people, be, yeah, because she's just terrible. Be. I mean, like the, the bottom line is, she's and just I think people are are sort of buying into the illness. 
Oh I, yes. Yeah, it's it's affected yeah. it a little bit. I think oh, it yeah. me, that makes, a, to me that that would be if I were a Democrat that would make me want to vote for her more. Uh, well, you know, so they're like, okay, we get Tim Kaine. Maybe she'll just retire in the yeah. middle of her term. Um, so uh, two um, two situations here, which are kind of interesting. We've moved Georgia and Arizona, uh, Georgia over to leaning Republican, which is the first time we've had it there. We have Texas and South Carolina now over to the solid Republican. There was some polling a couple weeks ago that showed Texas yeah. was closer, but she, he's he's been able to uh, Trump has been able to lead Texas by typically high single low, or to low double digits. And we all know. He's going to win Texas. We all know that, right? So, we but it was a, there was some polling that put that in doubt. Unless it's a landslide, yeah. he's going to win Texas. Um, uh, Maine, the second district of Maine is a really interesting case in that they, Maine breaks up its uh, uh, electoral votes by congressional district, and they give one to the second district in Maine, uh, which is a uh, normally you'd think Republican has no chance of getting anything out of Maine. Mm-hmm. Well, he's in some polls, Trump is leading the second district of Maine by uh, ten points. Wow. Um, and it looks like now it is it does seem like he is favored for that electoral vote, which it, what is interesting is there is a, a fairly reasonable map you can draw that puts it at 269, 269. Um, and if he was wow, able so to so Maine could put him over the top to win the election to or yeah, to or yeah. Yeah. So he really wants that one. It's very it's a very wow, important, that's an important one. And then our toss-up votes right now uh, are Ohio, Nevada, Florida, and North Carolina. So leads in Ohio, though, right? He does lead in Ohio, but, but she's still winning polls in Ohio. She's still winning polls in Florida, though. He's starting. Although to he's ahead in Ohio and Florida, so that's a lot of electorals right there. Right, and North Carolina is another swing state. But again, let's we'll go th- we'll do the math here. So solid Democrat, we still have at one ninety-six. Um, so she just start out with so many. They start out with so many, and this is the issue. Right, so a solid many. Republican. We have at uh, 154, which is the, the highest the highest he's been uh, since since we've started doing this. Yeah. Um, the leaning Democrats we have at 76. Okay. Um, and the leaning Republicans we have Get at some. 44. Okay. So as of right now, still, if you do Ooh, just leaners, you're wee. still at 272 for Clinton, which does wow. is yeah, enough. Are over the top. Or just leaners is enough. Um, and uh, for Trump, we are at uh, 198. So, okay, so he's got to win Ohio. He's got to win Nevada. He's got to win Florida. And he's got to win North Carolina. He's got to win North Carolina. And then he's got to pick off anything from the lean Democrat column. I'll give you those states. So he's got to win all the toss-ups and, and at least one of the This leaders. is better than it's right? ever been. It is. Colorado, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Michigan, Virginia, which is, was at one point solid Democrat, has moved all the way to a leaner and is, you know, has some really close polling. Um, Wisconsin and Rhode Island. He needs to pick off one of those. Um, and he's fairly close. Rhode Island is by far the least likely, but there's, there hasn't been a ton of good polling there, and some of it's shown it close, so we're keeping uh. it in the leaner. Uh, but there are still... There are he gets st- Pennsylvania. Uh, this thing might be over for him. I mean, early. In his favor. Early. Pretty early. Yeah. I mean, and if he starts picking off states like New Hampshire... Uh, the signs are going to point just towards can't his believe presidency. He'd, he'd get New Hampshire. That just seems uh, says, unbelievable to me. He, he, and, and it's weird. Trump is poll. And Trump is a different candidate. We all know that. And in yeah. some of the polls, states like where New Hampshire has been won by Republicans fairly recently. Bush won it. Um, uh, you know, uh, there's been but some Bush comp- has a place up in 
uh, New Hampshire, doesn't he? Uh, he's in Maine. Maine, okay. That's what you're thinking of. Um, uh, Colorado is. But been, they're in the same. They're all the same. Region. Same. They're all the same. They're, they're in the same. You can, country. Right, you can, right, you can practically same. stretch your arms out and touch two states. <laughs> they're in the same country. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all right. Well, let me tell you this. Um, um, selling your house an emotional experience. You, yeah, yeah. I, I got that We're sense. Done. No, done. no, no. I, I've got to take a break. I'm sorry. I I've just, got. I have to pay your stinking salary. <laughs> sorry. Real estate agents. I trust. One emotion that you don't want is the anxiety of dealing with a real estate agent who gives you the runaround That's when you're. True. I don't want that. I no one does. Don't want that. You guys want to? Do you guys want to get paid this week? No one. Because <laughs> this yes. is where we yes. earn our money right here. Okay. All that other crap that you were doing. We're right. agreeing with you. Nothing. Saying no one nothing. That. Yeah. Right. Nothing. Okay. So, so if you want real estate, you want a real estate agent. You want one that you can trust. I do. You don't want somebody who's just. You know, agreeing with everything you say. I don't. Like that. Exactly. Correct. <laughs> That's exactly what I don't want. You're right, Glenn. Thank you. You're right. You're welcome. What you want is realestateagentsitrust.com. That's what I want. Because they will tell you the truth. Right. They won't just be yes men. They, no, they won't. <laughs> is there a place like that? Yes, realestateagents.com. Yep. You can go there. It's working. There's houses that have it been is. sitting on the market for months that are now selling mm-hmm. because people switched over and find the right real estate agent for 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 you. It's for, re, for realestateagentsitrust.com. You should actually list your house cuz who knows, you should. might you might be moving out of the area at any time. <laughs> might. realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. I love them. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Yeah. Uh, while Stu finishes up, I think the three of us need to have a talk about killing Stu because he's lost a lot of weight. He's obviously the only one on the show with self-control, and I don't think I don't I think I vote him off the island. I'd like oh, to. I most definitely vote him off the island. Right. Most self-control on this show is a very low hurdle to clear. <laughs> yeah, but it is a hurdle. It is. It is, it is a hurdle. Have cleared the hurdle. I mean, when you think about how bad that makes us feel, <laughs> the hurdle is that low. All right, we have two minutes here. Do you want to hear right, these, Yes. These real yes. quick. Um, so right now, 538 says about a 60% chance Hillary gets elected. Um, New York Times. It's lower than last week. Yes, New York Wait, Times. Wait, how, how much? 60 Okay. New York Times, 73%. Princeton is at 80%, which is the highest estimate. Princeton just won't give up on it. No, no they, they, they just um, They're like Muffy. She's got to win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, which is, it's, it's an interesting um, uh, sort of uh, stat that came out this week, which is if a, a certain candidate wins a state, what are their chances of being president? So if Clinton can win Iowa, there's about a 95% chance she wins this election. That's right now leaning towards Trump. And right now it's leaning towards Trump, right? So she's picking what, for example, you take, uh, let's say, New Hampshire. If Trump can win New Hampshire, he's got a 79% chance of of becoming president. Um, So uh, the the stats that he, right now he's pulling pretty well in Michigan. He's within about five points. If he could pull off Michigan, a 91% chance. If he doesn't win Michigan, only a 20% chance. What if he wins Pennsylvania? 
If he wins, if Trump wins Pennsylvania, there's an 87 percent chance he's president, a 21 percent chance if he does not. Win. What if he wins? Let's go another way. Texas. Mm. Texas is not on my list. Uh, well, it's actually 538's list. Um, California is, well, no, no. I mean, 100%. I will give you both of those. It's a 100%. <laughs> I, I, actually, it is on my list. It's 100%. So um, yeah, here's the question we have to do. What, what, are, what are we going to do for election night? Are we going to watch this together? Are we going to do some television or radio show for it? I don't oh, know. I think we should do freaking election coverage here like we usually do. we got an Oval Office. Yeah. we got uh, we got a television well, I don't know network. who I'm, I'm rooting for. That's not it's what I like. It's, uh, they're both bad, so I, like, I don't have a horse in the race. Yeah, it's but like walked in the Kentucky Derby, and you don't like any of the horses. I think that will be freeing. We, yeah. I mean, we'll just cover it as, as uh, interesting yeah, you observers. Get a mint julep, put a funny hat on, and watch the show. Oh, wait. There will be mint juleps? I am I there. Am I am in. I am there. Because I think whichever one wins, I'm going to need a few good blackouts. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Hey, no big deal. Uh, Yahoo has confirmed a uh, massive uh, hack uh, that uh, only affected between 200 and 500 million emails. I think their first guess was two, and then they were up to four, and then it's 500 million. So it's it's only half a billion emails. Yeah. addresses so How many emails you have in your email box yeah i mean you know no big deal uh so 200 million no 200 million users was the first we're now talking 500 million users um affected wow. nationwide but uh, the good thing is they got uh they got this information out right away and um oh wait uh no this happened in 2014 uh, so mm, they you know they well, it only uh, took them two years yeah they got they got it out as soon you as know? they could uh, they believe this was a state that uh, broke in. Uh, what, like Alaska? No. No, <laughs> no Pat. No. 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 Like Russia. Uh, yeah, like oh. a, a hacker working on behalf oh, of state. Russia or China or something. Shoot. Um, pretty amazing. I there for a second. I thought Iowa, we had a, a battle of the state. Alaska broke into the Yahoo emails? Yeah, we got apparently. Yeah. Uh, Iowa, somebody. But the good news is, in mind, they emailed salmon to me, so... <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it was it was crazy. You know, oh, they, wish, they wish broke into Yahoo, Yahoo, but I didn't have a Yahoo account, so I didn't care. And then they came. And then they came to Google, and you didn't have a Google account. Uh, I didn't have a Google account. Yeah, I didn't care. I didn't care. Then they came for glenbeck.com. And I did have glenbeck.com. <laughs> it would be, I think, further I, down the list of hacking. But it was too right. late. Well, it might be. It was too late then. Okay, all right. Okay, so we uh, so I had an Ask Jeeves account and I didn't have one. And so Yeah. Lycos uh, though. You got a Lycos, Lycos account, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> Only someone would have stopped Alaska. Right? The very beginning. That's what I was saying. Can we talk about something important? What is it, is everybody going to do anything good? I'm going to a paintball uh uh game. You're playing what? paintball? Yes. You're not like 
Seriously? I am. No, you're not. No, yes, I not. am. It's my no, son's birthday. That has mm-hmm. running in it. No, no. Not, not if you assign agents to the paintball game. You mean your security uh-huh. detail is going to play have, in the paintball game? I have said to my security detail that I think this is a very good test of their skills. So it'll be me and my agents uh, going after about eight boys with paintball guns. Just to be clear, mm-hmm. you're bringing ringers to your kid's birthday party paintball. Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, I am. And if, if, uh, if one of those kids puts a big welt in my fat... Mm-hmm. Then uh, you know, I take it out on the agent, shoot him in the neck. What if they, what if they take out the wrong gun? No, this this is. Uh, this oh no, they can use real guns. Oh okay, yeah, they can use real guns. Um, I've actually never done paintball before. I, everybody's fun. telling me it hurts. It can hurt. Yes, it, can uh, hurt. it is very fun, uh, but it can hurt, and it's intense because you put in the moment you think it's real. You're like there's that part of you that feels like, holy crap, I'm about to get shot, and then you know you you actually make it through. Typically, but um, it, it is a it, the the emotions are kind of real for a short period of time. You'll you'll feel superior uh, over the eight year old, and then the eight year old will just ding you upside the head. You'll be done. Be good. <laughs> I believe it. I believe mm-hmm. it. You need to be like a sniper. I'm a good yeah. shot. You. That's what I mean. That's what he's saying. I'm a, I'm a really good shot. But you got to move around. There's a lot of moving. Yeah, and- you need to stay in a find a rock and hide behind it. And then take people out as they come close to the flag. But I've read the Koran. At some point, the trees and the rocks cry out, Oh, Muslim. There's a, well, I'm not Jewish. You're not Jewish. So, so it's, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. There's also a good chance that that might not be the mo- Your paintball game might not be the moment that the trees cry <laughs> And the rocks out. cry out and say, Oh, there's a probably a pretty good me. chance of that. Right, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, we're supposed to be surprised when that stuff happens. No man will know. It could have been at the paintball game. Right. On, mm-hmm. on Saturday. So... Is, um, there, is there a good movie that is out? Yeah, Magnificent Seven's out this week. <gasps> You're kidding me. Yeah. Oh, I want to see that. I don't know if I'm really that into it, but what? that's out this weekend. Uh, Magnificent Seven is one of the greatest movies of all times. Not this version, right? I mean, we don't know. Could be. Could be okay. Well, you can't do Magnificent Seven and butcher it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because oh, a lot of classic could. movies that are remade are always, yeah, but they always live up to the standards. That. I mean, I, don't, I think Denzel will be pretty good, yes. Uh, he's probably going to do it. I can't wait to see um, uh, Westworld on HBO. I know. Oh, my that? gosh, that looks good. I don't know. When does it, when does it start? I don't know the answer. I loved the original. It probably I've never seen no, the original. Is, is, is the original good? It probably doesn't hold up, but I loved it. I, but, you know, I've seen it only on TV, so I've never seen it. This particular Westworld is not that. Really? Uh, it's what do you mean? It's kind of a big guy. You probably won't be able to watch it. <laughs> Oh, is it like nudity and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's an HBO well, series. no, it's an HBO series, and you can. The, the premise is I don't. I never saw the original one with Yul Brenner, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And really, yeah, never saw the original. I never saw the original. Not believe what? I've never seen the original. Glenn no. Beck never saw the original. Is it good? Yes, it's good. I always see Yul Brenner with a computer face, and I'm like, that's it's so a classic. Funny. I mean, oh my it probably gosh. no, no, don't tell, don't tell me, Pat. It's classic. No, don't tell me. The last time we had this discussion, right, it's people was Soylent Green. Right. You haven't seen it, Soylent Green. It's people. How could you not see that? You've heard that a million times, right? Soylent Green is people. Yeah, I've I've heard that. I don't know what it means. Well, you gotta watch it. 
<laughs> it's not good when you know Soylent Green is people, so don't it tell is. me how West would end. Still very almost good. The same thing when he's going to tell you. Still good. Almost the same thing. I mean, has it has it <laughs> is it blown that I know that he's a robot? Uh, not really. Hello, it's Soylent. It's Soylent. Not really. Uh, Soylent Green is it uh, really? Retroactive spoiler alert for anyone listening. Uh, just to well, I'm the one the who past. lost out on this great movie. Well, also, yeah, the are. millions of people listening may have uh, lost no out. No way. Glenn's the only one in the, on the planet. I think that hasn't seen, that wants to see Westworld and right. hasn't yet. Well, I don't now. The last one. But I want to see Westworld. I want to see Westworld on HBO. It looks fantastic. So the story is, is that it is a, um, a guy, Anthony Hopkins, designs these people that you don't know that they're not people, but they're computers yeah, or they're, you know, robots. And so, um, uh, you can go in there. It's kind of like fantasy Island places, everyone. And you get to do whatever you want with these people. Yeah. You can shoot them. You shoot them. You, yeah, that's the same premise. Okay. Uh, you come into this in Westworld. The West was only one of the worlds. There was also Roman world. There was uh, several. Yeah, and you know, then it goes haywire, obviously, and yeah, uh, and it goes haywire because they they start recognizing that they're not real. No, everybody knew that they're. Everybody knows they're not real. Everybody knows that they're robots coming in because they know they can be shot or shoot them. And, and well, I don't think these guys have that, do they? Mm. Not in this one. I think they they're in the figuring original, out. In the original, everybody knew. That's why it's it's not a spoiler alert to tell you that Yul Brenner was a robot. Wait. Oh, what? Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> are you saying Joe Brenner, the actual person, was a robot? Or are you saying in yes, this movie? Yes, the actual I never believed robot. his performance in The King and I. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, so people. Magnificent Seven is opening this week. Anything else good? Yeah, Storks is the kids' movie out. Oh, that's fun. Oh, oh I want to see that. That looks fun. Um, yeah, so those are the two, the, the big ones. Uh, I, I don't know about your movie taste, Glenn. I mean, we, we, we had this list of movies that make men cry oh that that list includes everything for him yes and that's just like you know sure does i mean come on you've cried at every movie i don't cry anymore you haven't cried. you know what this because you're famous for crying i know i don't cry anymore i cannot remember the last time you cried i know everything inside of you is dead it really is it is it has concerned me a bit because it's like everything inside of me has gone dead Hmm, interesting. Well, so, they did a study on yeah. on the movies that uh, make most men cry. About 4% of men have never cried to any movie. 4%. I find that hard to believe. Never I cried. They never any. watched, what was it, Bang the Drum Slowly or Brian's Song? Mm, Brian's Song is on the list. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it was number 13 on the list. You want, you want this list here? This is kind of interesting. Because I haven't seen all and of Brian's Song, I will tell you, I just saw this not long ago. Right, doesn't hold up. One of my favorites. Does not does not hold up. It's a it's a 70s ABC television movie yeah. that now looks like a 70s, 70s ABC 80s. television movie. Really? Yeah. It's you know even though James Caan, who's a big actor, was in it, it doesn't really. Did I see the new Roots? No, because the old Roots doesn't really hold up either. Really? Yeah. Well, especially now that you know the Alex Haley thing. Probably I. What? <laughs> Another spoiler alert. Oh <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, why don't you share these with us? Yeah. So, uh, uh, four, so the, 14. 14 is The Fault in Our Stars. Did anyone I see that? that? I refuse um, to see that yeah, because I know I'm going to cry. Movie. Cancer movie? No. I don't want to see the cancer oh, boy. movie. No. Yeah. Uh, and 14 to also tie it is Ghost. 
It's a good movie. Yeah. Crying, crying in Ghosts? Ghost? Yeah, no. You're not yeah. crying in Ghosts, right? I don't remember uh, crying. Ghost. I, I, I shun the man. I We're talking men Oh, here. no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I shun the man at Ghosts. Might have welled up a little bit. The Lion King crying. and Brian's song tied for 13. Lion King? Yeah, Lion King. Yeah, no, but Brian's song got, you know. Lion King? Brian's song, of course. Brian's song. Yeah, now, I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, were, when you saw it the first time, though. First time, yeah. I saw it, like, two years ago, and it wasn't so great. But yeah. the first time, yeah. Number 12, uh, Schindler's List. Oh, sure. I cry it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Although the, don't cry, you're dead. It's almost going to kill you. That one, I, I honestly, I, they asked me it's to It's only number leave. 12. They asked me to leave the theater because they had the neck, they were holding the neck. I couldn't move. And so... So they were like, dude, they like, dude, get out of the theater. And I went out, and I, I just sat down on the floor of the theater because I was crying so hard. And I just sat down on the floor of the, uh, the lobby, and this, <laughs> this poor guy, this one guy looks at his wife and he said, if that's what this movie does to you, I am not going. <laughs> and I looked up at him, and I'm like, no, you got to see it, man. you got to <laughs> see it. He, he walked away. He walked away. <laughs> Probably should see it then. Yeah, I saw that. And I, that movie, I swore off all Holocaust movies, and then yeah. I saw the king of Holocaust movies. Life is beautiful. Oh, right. oh my gosh! I, I couldn't. I, I, I practically needed an IV after that right. movie. Schindler's List is, is going to fare well on a list like this too, because it's going to make people like us cry, and then the alt right will cry when he saves the Jews. Right. So <laughs> right. you get kind of both sides. Right. Of it. Um, uh, number eleven is Terms of Endearment. Another, yeah, it's a sad. Never movie. saw it. Uh, it's, what three way tie for number eight? The three way tie. <laughs> come on, up. The up, balloon movie? The balloon movie. The cartoon balloon yeah, no. movie. Uh, I don't think so. Animated balloon movie. Um, a, a love Story? That's a sad movie. And Gone with the Wind. I'm guessing uh, I'm guessing Love Story doesn't hold up. Gone in. with the Wind, yeah. please. On. I've never uh, seen that all the way through. Number seven is it's Bambi. It's actually good. But Bambi. The original. Yeah. Bambi. Marley and Me, me very sad. It's oh, Marley and Me. I was Marley almost and me. outside of the movie theater. That's a sad that was movie. Yeah, that is sad. That's about the dog, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, no, I, I didn't see I, that because I, I can't that. handle that. I thought to myself, I will never, ever see that movie again we, after seeing we it. Gotta give, I don't. I don't. got to give him the rest of the list. I do Magnolias. Old yes. Yeller. Oh, please. Oh, what? oh I love I love Steel Magnolia. Titanic. Yeller. And at number one. Number one is number right. The Notebook. Yes. Oh, yes. Number one is Fine. definitely. The Notebook right. is. The you. Notebook is, is right. Fine. Anything on here that makes you cry. There's one movie on here that makes me cry every single time I see it. And it's not on this list. What is it? It's really embarrassing, but it's totally true. The cartoon original Charlotte's Web. I cannot make it through that movie without crying. As an adult, I am 40 years old. I cannot watch that movie without crying. It's unbelievable. Check? I will know I am dead inside officially Sister. when I make it through Charlotte's Web without crying. That movie is just that poor. The spider was the one doing all the work. It's, it's everyone's like, oh, it's Wilbur, this incredible pig. This freaking spider Sister. is up in the web typing. It's a spider, and yet it's a it's a spider. She's the sweetest spider. I don't know if you ever. feel bad for the spider. I hate spiders. The spider. I was I freaked out by that gross. spider's eyes the whole time. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Charlotte. Hey, what, a, what a pig. What a pig. There's a freaking spider writing words. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. corporate debt has nearly tripled from $2 trillion at around the time of the financial crisis to approximately $6 trillion currently. Got it? $2 trillion in 2008. Mm-hmm. Now it's worse. Six trillion. It's hard to believe. I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. 
it's a lot. It's, it's even more than the Yahoo. Uh, yeah, yes, five hundred million emails. This yeah. is six trillion dollars. So one of the companies that manages about two hundred billion dollars shared this with investors this week earlier on Tuesday. We've lived this story before. The credit fueled expansion inevitably comes to a very bad end. Companies are highly leveraged right now because of uh, the free money they're getting from the Fed. And they have just poured it into the stock market. That's why the stock market is doing so well and doing so much better than, um, than earnings are. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it does if you know that all of these companies are just leveraged beyond belief with all this cheap and free money. That's what's happening Buy with confidence now with Goldline's price guarantee program and ensure that you acquire. What, what am I going to acquire? Uh, a smack in the face. These uh, The special gold bullion units <laughs> that come from the Perth Mint in Australia. Okay. Call 866-465-3546. It's 866-465-3546. Goldline or goldline.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the program. Uh, there is another movie opening up. What in a couple of weeks? Coming back to movie theaters? Oh yeah, uh, Idiocracy is yeah. coming back uh, to theaters, so you can watch it before the election and see how the society is going to go. Um, if you don't know uh, Idiocracy, I mean the movie is funny and it's pretty good. It's the premise is the star of it though. Basically, we develop into a society because you know really stupid people. Um, uh, have a lot of kids, and really smart people decide not to have as many kids. Mm, and over sounds like a complete oh, fantasy. Like, yeah, and over over several generations, it, it morphs into a society that is really dumb. And you know, it was a little ridiculous because in the movie it took several generations, and for us it took like two years. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it is it does feel incredibly applicable. Everybody I know said they all yell. You haven't seen that movie? Yeah, that's what I hear all the time too. <laughs> I mean, it is. It does feel like where we are with reality TV and uh, you know a, a reality show president, and uh, you know it does. It does foreshadow the future. Probably we're, we're screwed. Is, is <laughs> well, yeah. thank you for yeah. ending uh, my busy it's broadcast day on that note. Yeah, you yeah. end the week. Very, it? it is it's beautiful. beautiful. By the way, if you haven't seen his story yet on the Blaze TV, make sure you watch it. Binge on it this weekend. You'll love this it. Is. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.